Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that because we have met together here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity, its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It appears that I am officially an Oklahoman, as this is the first time since I've lived here that I have allergies. <laughs> if there's a different way to be, you know, embraced by this lovely state, I would enjoy it. But nevertheless, I'm so glad that I get to be here today. These past two days, Friday night and all day Saturday, your vestry gathered at St. Crispin's to continue the work they've been doing since the beginning of this calendar year. This is the question that we have been asking. Who is St. Paul? Where is God calling us? Thank you to those of you who filled out the survey these past few weeks. It helped us in our time together. Now, we don't have any grand presentations yet, but keep your eyes and your ears open because what we have concluded is that there's still more work for us as a whole congregation as we continue to know and write and live our story, which means knowing our past in and out, claiming our present, and bravely moving forward where God would have us go. This work belongs to all of us, not just the vestry or the staff or your clergy. You, you are needed. Now what has been evident in my time at St. Paul's thus far what has been evident in the history and stories of those who have been before me here, and what is evident in where we are beginning to see where God is calling us, is that St. Paul's truly desires to be a place where there are no barriers to God. St. Paul's desires to be a place where there are no barriers to God. Now, this doesn't mean that St. Paul's can be everything to everyone. That's just impossible. But since those early Episcopalians gathered that made St. Paul's a congregation, we have been very intentional in creating and holding space for those who wish to know God, no matter who they are. No, we have not always done this perfectly. 
But one of the great gifts of time is that we can always reflect on our past and then move forward in new ways, learning and growing from our mistakes. The vestry used a different chapter from Luke's gospel at our retreat to inform our time together. But always in my mind was our gospel passage that we heard today, the story of Zacchaeus, a wee little man. Anyone who's ever gone to vacation Bible school or perhaps to church camp has likely heard the song. I've tried to sing it at our Wednesday Eucharist and it was not good. So I'm not gonna do it today, you're welcome. But it can be really easy to brush off our gospel this morning as some, something simply to be a song for children. But the truth is, is that this gospel passage contains what I find to be at the core of who we are as a community. In our story, we find a vast and bustling crowd Jesus is heading into Jerusalem, getting ready to complete his very last acts on earth. But before he can get there, he must make his way through Jericho, an outlier town. We don't know who is in the crowd, but I imagine that it was people like you and like me ranging from the very ordinary to the very powerful, but each and every one of them desiring to be close to Jesus. And then there is Zacchaeus, who, yes, is short in stature. And so he climbs a tree so that he can see Jesus better. But inches weren't the only thing that Zacchaeus was lacking. He was also lacking standing in his community. Because he wasn't just a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector. He was despised by everyone in his community. It makes me wonder, was it his height that led him to a tree? Or had he been pushed and moved away from Jesus so that the tree was his only choice? I love, I absolutely love, that Jesus doesn't ask to come to Zacchaeus' house. He rather forcefully invites himself. I must come to your house, says Jesus. Gotta love that, Jesus. This, of course, cues the grumbling, which is a typical response to Jesus when he demands something. He is going to be the guest at the house of a sinner, they say. And this is where I'd like for us to just pause and to spend our time in reflection don't worry right now about Zacchaeus's wealth. And on today, this day, I don't want us to wonder 
about whether that wealth was gathered through deceit or not. I want us to spend time this morning and throughout our upcoming weeks ahead reflecting on barriers to God. And let us ponder this question. What work do we have to do to make God accessible here at St. Paul's? And what barriers do we have in our own lives and as our life as a community that keep us and others from being close to Jesus? This is the work of all Christians and our work too as Episcopalians here at St. Paul's in Oklahoma City. How do we share the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, I hope that we aren't the people in the crowd in our gospel lesson. I hope that we're not grumbling about the sins of others and edging people from the center until they can't see and so they can be more easily ignored. Rather, my hope lies for us in the sycamore tree. I did some Googling because you all know that I'm not a plant person, but I've learned that the sycamore tree is a relatively easy tree to climb. It has wide branches that grow fairly low to the ground, and these wide branches are easy to rest upon. They provide plentiful shade and their roots are far-reaching, making them incredibly sturdy trees. In fact, my Google search unveiled that the word vigorous is often used to describe the sycamore tree, meaning that it's a dynamic, hardy, robust, strong, vital tree. And I see so much of the sycamore in this place, in all of you. We are a peaceful place to rest. Our roots are far-reaching, making us a sturdy, a stable place. And we are a robust, dynamic, and vital congregation there is so much in our life together that results in flourishing. What I love most in this passage from Luke's Gospel is not just the promise that those who seek Jesus will see him, but it is also the promise that Jesus will see those who seek him in return. That together there is this joy in the mutual turning, in the mutual seeing of the seeker and of God. My prayer for us is that we will continue in the excellent gardening work of the past. My prayer for us is that we would continue to nourish our roots 
to grow new branches for those who seek Christ, and to prune that which needs to be pruned so that we can continue our course as a stable and dynamic place for people to know the joy of seeing and being seen by Christ. This is all our work. It was the work done by those who came before us. It is the work for us to do now, and it is the work that we hope that future generations will continue. Tending the tree or removing barriers from God. This is our work, and it is holy. Amen. <laughs>